We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today, our Saucy Nuggets insider, Lefty Leif. You can hear him on five on the floor around the Five Reasons Sports Network. My dog, welcome home. How you doing? Feeling great because I'm on this show talking about what we're about to talk about. So I'm feeling good. And I get the, the, the pleasure to be on the same episode as... The other, you know, your other guest of the show. I don't often get to interact with my friend Rohan. We get to come on here and do our thing. And that's what's up. We I'm got, excited about this show. I am so pumped, Leif. We got Rohan Natkarty of Sports Illustrated. Last week, we had Rohan Kati from the Yairo Step. So we're doubling up on Rohan's, these pods. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's another one. Rohan on the show? There's another oh, one. There's, a, there's oh, only no. one. There's an That's OG. <laughs> they said that, although my chat said that that Rohan, even though he covers the Bucks, likes the heat more than you do. So that's that's what you were accused of. <laughs> People are going to hate me on this episode, bro. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait, baby. <laughs> Let's... Listen, I just want to say what an honor it is to be on with the OG life like i feel like the miami heat media community here doesn't start without you doesn't start without the nuggets i mean i've known you since you weren't even using your real name you know now now you're official i get it just a little corporate i respect it but uh no i'm thrilled man i'm thrilled this is a this is a squad we have right here it's a great show and i couldn't think of any other people i'd want to talk about kind of put into last night in putting last night into historical context because I thought what we saw made a lot of us feel a, a lot of different ways. And and before we get into that, the other thing that makes me feel different ways is the Miami gaming parties because you deserve a customized gaming experience. Miami gaming parties deliver private video game tournaments for gamers and their lucky guests. It's truly custom. You pick the game from the package to black tie to premium for 8 to 16 people. They bring it all, everything from PS5s to trophies for the winners. Play at home or at a venue of your choosing with free 
on-site consultation, perfect for birthday parties, bachelor parties, anniversaries, corporate events, or anything you want to celebrate. Like we're celebrating today, the Jimmy Butler 56 performance. You can check them out at MiamiGamingParties.com for more information. On Twitter, at GamingParties. On Instagram, at Miami underscore Gaming underscore Parties. Or search Miami Gaming Parties on Facebook. Go give Colin and his team over there uh, a look at what they have because they really do incredible stuff. Much like what Jimmy did last night, boys. I, you know, Leif, I'm going to start with you, man. I don't, I watched a first round, a game, a game, a a game four at home in the first round. And it had me feeling ways that I think only conference finals and finals games have ever made me feel. And it got me thinking, I'm like, you know, I always make, I make fun of the Nick, Nick fans for being out in the streets celebrating, you know, being up three, one against Cleveland. I'm like, dog, it's the first round. Act like you've been there before. And, and life has a funny way of working out that they give us maybe the best basketball game I've ever seen a Heat player play. It is certainly in that conversation, no doubt, um, up there with Dwayne, you know, game three, LeBron game six, Jimmy game six. You know, the laundry list goes on and on. Leif, I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about a first-round game like this because it certainly did not feel like a first-round game. The level of basketball was not of a first-round series, and... I, I don't want to get ahead of myself by being like, is this one of like, is this a Pantheon performance? I love that you're going to um, the highest places with it because from a pure hoops perspective, like if we're just talking about you throw all the other bullshit that comes along with basketball, the narratives that I push, I know I do it. <laughs> and then all of the other crap that surrounds the game and you just talk about hooping. You can't say that this game is not one of the absolute masterclass Miami Heat games ever. I'm talking ever, including the regular season games that eclipsed what what Jimmy scored. I mean, you could go back to a Sunday afternoon in 94. Glenn Rice had 56 against Orlando. That's how far I'm going back with these high-scoring games. LeBron, 60, what was it, 160? Yeah, 61 against the Bobcats. Then you flip to the playoffs. Some of the the, the, the top-scoring LeBron playoff game in Miami was in 2014, and I didn't even really remember it. It was against Brooklyn, and he had 49. Um, I'll just say this about it. One, because this season has been so difficult for Heat fans emotionally, spiritually, probably even physically, it's like <laughs> hard to get out of bed when you've watched some of these home losses to lottery teams throughout the year. It felt really good. For that reason, but also because the Bucks were, you feel like they're whole. And so it feels like a win that nobody can say, well, he wasn't out there or something. You know what I'm saying? Like that. So it's like it was a validation kind of moment, but also Jimmy Butler individually was just doing stuff. He was unconscious and it's, it's greatness at the level of what we saw from Dwayne and LeBron. And I just can't believe we're saying that because all things considered, I knew Jimmy Butler was great before you got here. If you told me in his four years he would do LeBron James level shit throughout those runs, I would have told you, eh, that Multiple sounds like times. a little bit of hope trafficking. And here we are. Rohan, I, I don't I mean, I, I thought Leif said it best. It's it was that kind of greatness and performance that you compare to the guys that put the banners up in that arena. 
and there's that shot of Pat Riley after you know Jimmy hits that step back shot. It was it was on the other wing, the one he missed against Boston, and he takes mm-hmm. that step back, toe on the line, you know, really long jumper, hits it, starts doing the Dwayne Wade, except goes, "This is my shit." And the, ca- the the camera cuts to Riley, and he's just looking up. I presume at the banners, like just soaking in this moment, and it just it it felt. Bro, it just felt scripted. I don't even know what to say. There's so many ways to unpack this. First and foremost, you know, I was literally on the phone with my brother right after the game debating whether or not this was the greatest performance in Heat playoff history. And to Leif's point, if you just consider who was on the floor, I think that's the argument for why Jimmy's was the best. Because you think about what LeBron did or what Wade did, you know, whether it's 06 or during the big three runs, those teams were talented. Those teams had expectations. Those teams were supposed to win. We're talking about a guy who had to get into the playoffs with a play-in. His second best scorer is out. You know, I've not been the biggest hero fan, but they need him in a series like this. You know, this is an incredibly thin team, like you mentioned, going up against the number one overall seed in the NBA. The consensus, maybe not consensus, but... I would say the vast majority of people believe going up against the best player in the NBA, a team with possibly three all defense players. And he has that performance. I think the degree of difficulty, it was the highest degree of difficulty, 50 point game, any heat players ever had the highest degree of difficulty. You know, when we're, when we're comparing these upper echelon playoff performances, I don't think there was one that was more difficult than Jimmy. You might say LeBron was on the road. LeBron had all this pressure. That pressure was because of how good the big three teams were. You know, that pressure was because they blew a 2-0 lead to go down 3-2. <laughs> this is Jimmy going up against an overwhelming favorite. And this is where people are going to get really upset with me. I thought Milwaukee was going to sweep this series. And the biggest reason why was they are <laughs> way better than Miami on both ends of the ball during the regular season, right? We have this... We have this incredibly large sample size that shows that Milwaukee has been better than the Heat. The Heat in the second half of the season aren't the one thing that they're good at defense. They're not playing defense well anymore. Um, Milwaukee is a size advantage. Milwaukee is Giannis. Um, they also, and this is where like every shot Miami's taking in the series is a shot Milwaukee wants them to take. It's so <laughs> true. Like, Milwaukee is not doubling Jimmy Butler. Because they want it, they want, they're like, Jimmy Butler shot eight threes? That's great, sign me up. They're like, Jimmy Butler shot only three times in the restricted area and everything else was a mid-range pull-up? Yeah, sign me up. Milwaukee would have signed up for every shot Miami's taken in this series so far. Milwaukee would have shined up, signed up for it. And the, to me, the really incredible part about this series, what I hope people appreciate is, is defied logic, it's defied rational thought, it's defied the eye test. It's defied analytics. However you consume basketball, whether you're a stat nerd, whether you're a film person, however you watched it, no sane person could have watched the regular season and said the Heat would be up 3-1 right now. And that's even with Giannis Hurt. And to me, what's incredible about that is it's because of Jimmy Butler, who I wrote this for Sports Illustrated today. He, to me, is by far the best player in the postseason right now. There are a lot of games left. Maybe someone can overtake him. But right now, what he's doing, it's genuinely unbelievable. It, it, it is it is so far, you know, the, 
it's not even it's not even playoff Jimmy. I know we're like, oh, he gets better in the playoffs. This is not just getting better in the playoffs. This is going to a level that if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm probably watching these games like in complete shock, in complete conf- like confusion over what I'm seeing because that's how little sense this series is made. And Jimmy deserves all the credit for the work he's put in. I was talking to someone close to Jimmy the other day, and I was like, don't you get a little bit nervous about how much he works out on his off days in between games? You know, like, why is he why is he working so much during the playoffs at a time when players value rest and recovery? He's working up a sweat on his off days in the gym. He and I think it. this series is just a testament to how much work he puts in on his game. And, and Ro, to, to piggyback off that, we had Ethan Skolnick uh, live on the floor on Pang Overtime last night. And Ethan said, hey, for all the shit that we gave Eric Spolstra and the organization for arresting Jimmy's on back-to-backs for not playing him big minutes in games that we felt that they had to win, mm-hmm. you know, it was for this. It was yeah. so that he could look like this. And, I mean, you, you've even heard Ty Lue say about Kawhi. It's like, yeah, you know, we rest him for moments like this. And Kawhi is, unfortunately, again, hurt. And Jimmy has stayed in shape, you know, in a, during a time where I know the organization isn't too happy about the way that teams practice. Rohan, he does put the work in even when the team, when, when you know, the team is not by – you know, like a, 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 a work, you know, a work function, right? Mm-hmm. He's doing it on his own and, and he's put the work in his body. And listen, I thought, I thought he was going to be limited after the, the, the glute after the, or as uh, Tiffany Meek says, he broke his ass. You know, I was, I was worried. And I even tweeted cause I was like, Oh, he's not going to the rim. He doesn't look like himself. And I tweeted, he's going to look, he looks limited and I'm worried. He literally postered Giannis the second I hit send. Postered. Keep tweeting. Keep tweeting. Postered a defensive player of the year, a two-time MVP, the the savior of Milwaukee, like and a guy that was playing awesome. And I I just man, to Reggie Miller said like I don't I he guys don't do this like it's only Dwayne and LeBron said that on the broadcast or he said Dwayne specifically. He's like he, I'm getting I'm getting Dwayne Wade vibes to invoke that name from the fan base and it wasn't just Reggie it's like the fans it's like yo I don't know if I've seen Dwayne you know other than other than 06 I don't know that Dwayne's done this you know and 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 Leif we talked pregame like you know a pre-show you know we saw Dwayne score the 46 and yell at his hand you know with yeah. really an even lesser I, cast I, I will I will just submit Dwayne Wade's game five against or game four against Boston in 2010 which I think is personally the best game he's ever played I voiced that opinion to him. That's a forgotten game in Heat history because they lost that series 3-1. Oh, he was In everything. part because Paul Pierce had an insane game winner over Durrell Wright. Because remember, Dwayne rolled his Dwayne ankle Wade, to play before. Four. Yeah. But Dwayne Wade, game four, 2010. It's, it's not this, but that was – I just want to submit that when we talk about these games. Yeah. Remember but who was on the – Because it's 3-1 in a 1-8 situation, the game, the stakes change, and that's, <laughs> that's where Jimmy um, – because I, I thought through that cat. I we all went through the, the Rolodex of all the great games and LeBron yeah. in Boston obviously is gonna always have a spot because it was like for the build, right? Um, but Ro, Rohan touched on it earlier. Like they put themselves in that position. This is a completely different type of uh pressure and expectation level. And um mm-hmm. he fans needed this shit. Like this this season of parody, what I've noticed on social media is Every fan base has a level of 
discontent because they all think they should be better because they're not used to being um, so closely tied. And Heat fans felt that in a really strong way because they even re regressed. So I think part of what you're also seeing is Heat fans trying to uh, enjoy a moment while they have one. And, and the season was extended for moments like this. Like there's no other reason for the Heat to all logic as Rohan said, would have told you they probably would have been better off with a chance in the lottery. But then you see shit like this and you know why they always try to play to win. Dog, I love that you said that. And I saw this on Twitter last night. Um, it was by at Mike Sanchez. And he said, I shot on heat. I shot on the heat plenty this year. I think we all did. But when it really comes to it again, they're the team that's there for us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, listen, at the end of the day, like, you know, I think I told some people, like, I would never root for them to lose. I, I don't like watching teams play for the lottery generally. Um, and you know, if they'd lost that Bulls game, I would have been, would I have been terribly upset? No, because the season was just a drag, but something that, again, I just hope fans appreciate is the, like, even if the team, they have a season like this where it's frustrating, you could say Miserable. they're not good. Um, you know, they have Jimmy Butler, they're not meeting expectations. <laughs> um, they compete every single night. Like they have a chance every single night. And to me, it's like that, that is on a season to season basis. Obviously everyone wants championships. You want deep playoff runs, but don't take it for granted that, that the team is actually trying to win every single night, you know, from, from top down, from Pat Riley to Spo to the players on the floor, even when they're playing the high Smiths, in the struces of the world. I mean, how the high Smith minutes last night, I thought were fantastic considering Incredible. the circumstances. Like it, I know people, people are frustrated with the season, but this is uh, to me, this is also a result of what happens when they, they talk about it. I know for some people it's annoying, but they, they mean it when they say that they, they live in a competitive culture. Like this is an organization that welcomes competition. The fact that Spo was like, I, I like the plan. You know what I mean? Like that, that is an, uh, indicative of the fact that he he just wants to compete, and uh, to me that's a a real hallmark of this organization. The fact that no matter the circumstances, they are trying to win every year. They're not for everyone, and they say they say that themselves. And think of the guys who have stepped up their their play from regular season and out. You know, Jimmy has done so. 
uh, Caleb Martin, who uh, who was very yes. good in the regular season, has just been. I mean, I, I was tweeting the the numbers, and bro, we've we've talked about this on Twitter. They literally cannot survive when he sits. Uh, he he has to play. He's been yeah. He he has been just otherworldly. Um, just just doing all the little things, the defense, the that the shooting, which you know he's been a, a pretty good, not great shooter. Um, they're minus thirty one net rating in the eighty minutes that Caleb Martin has sat this this series. So, I mean, guys like him. I, one thing I'll say is uh, Caleb's gonna play forty minutes from here on out, or at least thirty five, and he can't be under thirty. He was under thirty, and uh, I think he's been under thirty every game this series. Maybe game two he played a little bit. Um, more but it's just uh it, it to me it's I, I don't understand why he's playing so little i understand that you need you need something from the bench um and you know you, i understand why you can't put lowry and caleb in because in the bench i mean you're just going to get absolutely hammered in those minutes it, it's been a tough series for gabe i also think gabe's in an incredibly difficult position guarding chris middleton he's giving up so much size you could see the amount of effort that he is uh, expending on that end of the floor. So, but to me, even if he's not starting, Caleb has to play 35. And Gianni, can we just talk about Kyle Lowry making you beat me to big it. play after big play in the fourth quarter? The the strip that gave Jimmy the dunk, the steal on Drew, the defense. Um, he had another I know steal Jimmy late. Had the 56, but he's right. It really was a <laughs> look at him sticking yeah, that in. It truly was a team effort. Yeah, it, he had it, like four it, assists. It really was a team effort from Highsmith's minutes to Caleb's. Yeah, in the fourth yeah. quarter to Caleb's Kyle, shots to Kyle. Gabe, it truly took early in the game. Gabe looked like he was getting sped up. He did not look comfortable. He was shooting far more than I would like him to. And I was calling for Kyle to come in and settle them down early. And basically, I wanted them to just play Kyle the whole game. And I, I was out on realistic. I was out on game. But I felt game. like this wasn't his night. Sometimes it's just it's not your night. He had and, eight uh, assists, though, which was – I looked at the true. box I score. Like looked at that and I was like, like where did – It did not feel like He that. had like <laughs> five or six turnovers, though. I mean, he was off, but, you know, Siobhan loves – you know, some Jimmy stuff. Bond loves Gabe. But, I mean, I, I rewatched the game – I, I was mad at his shot selection, like watching. I rewatched it. It wasn't as bad as I remembered. It was a lot of late clock, like, okay, well, somebody has to. And he got good looks that I think are makeable for him. I just think that he Shooting handles well. too much. Uh, and they run, I don't know if you guys have seen this, they run this Spain pick and roll for him like 10 times throughout the series. And I'm like, why Why do they keep doing this? They like run Davis, in action. It's, it's the. Dave is shooting a lot. Yeah. I, I, I do think, and I think Cooper Moorhead's pointed this out. I'm, everyone loves Coop, who's a legend. So I, I think there's something games. you said about they know they know that Gabe is getting an open look pretty much every time they run a pick and roll with him. They know he's going to get space, he's going to get the drop, and he's going to have the midi or the floater. Now, again, the Bucks, the Bucks would love if Gabe Vincent shot every possession, but I think part of that is because they know the Bucks are just going to concede certain shots. At what point does that change? Like, at some, and, and that's kind of what I want to get to as well. They, they have to trap Jimmy. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. But they They're did gonna try to keep, and they were killed for it. I mean, love. I mean, they they were running early in the game. They tried to get the ball out of his hands, and they ran. They kind of did an empty corner pick and roll for Jimmy and Love, and Love flares to the corner, and really Giannis kind of shoots that gap. Middleton or Drew, whoever's on him, goes over the screen, and Jimmy gets off the ball early. And he gives it a love who's open 
there's no help coming. He gets an open three. They do it again. Uh, they trap, and Jimmy kind of goes to the basket. That kind of goes nowhere. They run it again, and Jimmy gets a dunk on Giannis because this time Love flares to the corner, not the top of the key, so it's an easier pass. Giannis kind of does that hesitation like, oh, fuck, I got to go to Kevin. Wait, I got to go back to Jimmy. Giannis is so incredible that he was able to recover. He's truly a mutant of I've never seen before. And, I mean, that's kind of what's going to happen, but I, I agree, bro. I think late they have to trap him. At the very least, I think they have to try to switch and switch Lopez or, I mean, they, he was cooking Middleton and he was asking for that matchup. And then when the Bucks stopped conceding that switch, he just cooked Drew and they got him off the ball. To, they kind of got him Lowry off the ball. Screening. Lowry screening was awesome. Oh, it was big time. It, it was so Duncan as well. I mean, Duncan still, it's a fire drill when he comes off a screen. There are times that he has three bucks crowding him. You know, because they're so scared of, and he's been sensational. And they don't run anything for him, which I yep. I kind of want them to. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Leif. Where do you, where are you where do you sit with what the Bucks can do on Jimmy? Because if they do trap him, I I I guess I don't, I don't feel great about that if I'm Miami because now I have to depend on our shot making, which has been good. Yeah. But at some point, you know, the ride the ride has to end, right? That's why I'm glad they got three shots at this eliminating the the Bucks. You know what I mean? They it, they needed that buffer of getting both in Miami. Um, and I, I call it a buffer because it's a small one. But Game Five is going to be an avalanche of that team probably shooting a lot better. And the mm -hmm. Heat, it's it's going to be essentially a situation where Jimmy. I think they're going to say anyone but him. And so maybe that it gets to be a Max Struess. We haven't had a Max Struess like a. Well, I guess we have had a Max Struess game. We need another Max Struess game. Did we have game. a Max game in the play-in? Game three, I guess. Yeah, I guess. It wasn't, it was so a, we haven't had one in a while. Perfect. If y'all, if you can, if it makes you have to jog your memory, we need a Max game. And Jimmy's a willing passer. I could totally see him. Um, like they know what's coming. It's just a matter of guys making shots. I hate to simplify it to that degree, but like that is essentially that. And so maybe it'll be Heat and six. And just for the record, Rohan, I called Heat and seven. I saw that pick, which also guts. no, I'm that, that, but that also makes no sense. They did, so now they're going to lose two in a row and then go to Milwaukee in Game Seven and win that one. That kind of um, that kind of would yeah. be par for the course. I'll say this. The shooting has been so absurd. I don't think the Heat are out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination. You're going to hear all these stats. The Bucks have never won while trailing 3-1. Teams winning 3-1 have a 95% winning percentage. You need to throw all that out of the window because this series, like I said, it's defied every statistic. It's divide, defied every analytic. Defied the film. So I think these. it's going to be – if game four was difficult, like this is going to be as slow, like to say 10 X to close this team out, to close out Giannis. Giannis went down 2-0 in the NBA finals and then came back with a vengeance on a busted, on a knee that was twisted into the phantom zone. He came back and led this team to four straight wins. If anyone is not scared, it's him. So I think it's going to be, an absolute bear for Miami to close this out. And I'll just say this about the doubling in terms of Milwaukee's adjustments. I'm interested to see what they do because generally they're a team that I think 
less than any other kind of contender strays from their defensive principles. Yeah. They're not a team that's going to give you multiple coverages necessarily. They're great at what they do, and they've they been historically great at it, and they've just run into a buzzsaw. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting because if they do start doubling and trapping Jimmy, that is that is a change for them. And I think they have the personnel to do it, but it, it's it's a difficult switch to make this late in the series. But at the same time, if you're the Bucks, do you want Jimmy shooting the ball or, or do you want to see if Caleb is going to knock down big shots on the road in game five? You're, Leif, you're smiling. So, like, I'm, I'm looking at, at the matchup and I'm like, one of the things I thought they might do is bring Lopez more to the level. But they brought Giannis up to uh-huh. the level. And Jimmy, five of six on Giannis last night, absolutely cooked him. And again, it was all on jumper. It was step back jumper, this and that. And and Rose Wright, maybe the Bucks look at that film and say, "Let's bet that he won't do it again." But at some point, you know, who's gonna blink? <laughs> he gonna do it again. <laughs> and it reminds me of of the Spurs series that Miami won. And it was like, you know, okay, well, we're we're gonna make sure that Tim Duncan doesn't go off. And then eventually, Spo blinked and was like, "Okay, never mind. We're doubling Duncan, or we're giving Bosch some help." I'm sorry. It was it was it was the opposite. It was like, okay, well, we need to close out on these shooters because Gary Neal and Danny Green and these guys are absolutely killing us. Chris, you need to fall on the sword. And listen, Duncan, Duncan got his. You know, Chris. Tim Duncan. <laughs> Chris held up, but Miami was able to kind of limit performances from other guys, and they were able to kind of eke out that game six and game seven because it wasn't until game six that Spo made that adjustment. So sometimes it takes a while for a coach to be like, okay, well, I've seen enough. <laughs> I'm not letting you know what I mean. I mean, suppose like I'm I not letting Gary Neal beat it, me anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean that's so I know Bucks Twitter is you know reeling and like Rohan said, it's like you know how could you watch that and not just like what the fuck is going on? Um, I mean, imagine if you on imagine the if other the end. Heat were on the other side of this. Imagine if the Heat were the one seed when they had oh LeBron, and someone's just going off, and the, a team that didn't shoot, a team that was in the, the Knicks, bottom, the Knicks with Melo or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like imagine if they come that, in and been like, "Hey, we we the only offense we were better than were teams that were tanking, and we have this guy who's really really good, but it it would just be you'd be irate like if if this was happening to your team, you'd be, you know, throwing your laptop up against the wall every night. Like, how is this happening? It's 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 crazy, dude. I I just can't believe it. So Miami. The way they've defended Giannis, especially last night, you know, in the game one, they were bam in single coverage. They were dropping on Giannis pick and rolls. It was Middleton or whatever. They, they they drop. Last night was kind of interesting. So they, you know, they kept bam on him a lot of the time. Eventually, they moved Jimmy onto him and they moved Jimmy onto Brooke as well, which I thought was the last kind of adjustment that Spo made was, you know, with that lineup of Duncan, Caleb, Lowry, bam, and Jimmy. Jimmy was because they tried Caleb on Brook Lopez and, and that just went really bad. They were being very aggressive on Giannis on pick and rolls. They spammed Giannis Lopez pick and roll a lot. Middleton was the other guy that got a lot of on ball reps. Holiday was practically invisible that fourth quarter, other than some turnovers in that one uh above the break three that he hit. So Miami that three was nuts. That that was crazy. That, that, that reminded me nuts. of Tony Parker's three in the Tony finals. Parker, yep, game. Yep. Uh-huh. I was like, oh fucking hell, bro. But they effectively took him out of the game which I think was the goal after game two was, okay, no more Drew Holiday, which credit to them. I, I think they did, they've done a great job of that. So now they focus on, okay, well, Giannis had 13 assists and they were, they were pretty much trapping or stepping up on that pick and roll every time. I wonder if they do that again. They opted to switch late 
And, I mean, he stopped getting the assists and he became more of a scorer. I think the other card Milwaukee has to play is him as a screener because I I have yet to see Miami answer that call because that's going to get complicated when you're like, okay, fuck it, Middleton, Giannis, pick and roll. And if you're going to drop this, Middleton's going to have an open three at home every time. And Bam, or Jimmy's going to have to pick him up or Caleb and they're going to have to switch. It's the only way. Yeah, it's only you know, remotely possible. You know, it's crazy. I was talking to someone um, close to the team, and they mentioned how they will live with with everything Brooke Lopez has gotten in this series. They like bro. That, Brooke had thirty six like... and eleven. If <clears throat> if Brand if Bam had that Brooke game last night, we'd be I, we'd be no ceiling. Right <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You, I would still be outside screaming <laughs> somewhere. But yeah, um, I found that interesting that like they they can live with Brooke Lopez beating them, and so it, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how they now defend Giannis because that was kind of like said when Giannis was not in the game and now so it, it was a different tune last night but he still showed up I'm interested to see what they do um with Giannis specifically because I almost like him better when he is trying to score I don't know if that sounds right um there's something about those three-point shooters getting hot that I just I that avalanche in game two I have PTSD yeah, about that's a good point that's a good point because the way the heat help off of him if those shooters get a rhythm they're you know it's an interesting point life it really is a couple of things I thought Milwaukee did a great job of manipulating the low man and I thought that's why ultimately that was really why I thought Gabe was unplayable in big minutes because he just provides – he's just not a help guy. He's an on-ball guy, and there's just nothing he can do. You know, Giannis, you know, he doesn't hold the line well either. And, and if Giannis is in transition, that has to be Caleb Bam Jimmy, and they're so good at kind of walling off. Even if Lowry's the low man, and we know – and, he, you know, he's small too, but I think at least he can kind of force a strip or something. So at least you have like – you get anything. But I think that's another thing to watch for, kind of how Milwaukee kind of manipulates that last help man off Giannis drives or whatever. Milwaukee got Giannis off the ball and they would run like Middleton, Brooke action, and then have Giannis cut in, which is really stealing what Spo did to get Jimmy in the middle of the lane without having a ball handle. So, you know, they Milwaukee has adjusted, you know, through this matchup. So I, they're going to throw the whole kitchen sink. But I will say this. I thought Miami came out to that Atlanta game and they were as unprepared as I've ever seen an Eric Spolster team. That is Amen. not the case in this series. They have been ready for everything. They've had an answer for everything. Milwaukee does something. They have an answer. And those guys, you know, they're, they may not be as brilliant as kind of that 2012 team with Shane and Ray and LeBron and Dwayne, that those are just my basketball geniuses. This team, they're definitely not. They're not. <laughs> but I will say clear. they have been very intelligent. They have run everything that they've been asked to do and to retain all those different coverage because they have a different coverage for this pick and roll, for that pick and roll. We switch this. We don't switch this. And if you look on the Bucks end, they're fucking confused. Like I tweeted out a play where Duncan does a DHO from Caleb and they had Jimmy kind of out, out behind the three-point line. They got all confused. Joe Ingles ran into Bobby Portis. And Bobby Portis had to push Joe Ingles to defend Jimmy Butler, which then he pushed Joe Ingles into Jimmy Butler and it into, was a foul. Yeah. So it's tough, man. It's tough. And this series is going to be a dog fight. Um, man, I'm, I'm, are you guys, do you guys think they win game five? No, I don't want to put you on the spot. I know it's tough. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's 
but Milwaukee you know what? by 11 and a half. Uh-oh. I'm not betting against Jimmy, but I I understand Ooh. why every logical human is going to take Milwaukee. He's going to be five. sore at some point, isn't he? And I also don't like that quick turnaround on game four and the five. The one There's, day between. Yeah. The schedule has been so wonky for the entire league. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast, but Real I'll just quick. say this. It's Bam okay? I'm done doubting Jimmy, so I'm not going to say that he, they can't I think, get it done. I think Bam's got multiple injuries. I think it's the hip. I think it's the hamstring. Yes. Um, the tendonitis that he always Bam. deals with. I don't have time to go into my full Bam rant right now, but people don't know what they want. It's like, oh, why is Bam shooting? And it's like, he's going up against Brooke Lopez, who's like one of the best defenders of this position in the league. And then they're like, Bam's not making enough shots. So it's like, well, you wanted him to be aggressive. Now he's being aggressive against this like what seven foot two guy who, who's great at the rim. Like that's what he does best. It's just they don't win that game without Bam making huge stops in the fourth quarter. Once again, oh, he everything he does defensively. It's I get it. It was frustrating that he was not stepping up while Jimmy was having that night. We all want him to see score twenty points. This is a tough matchup for a lot of centers in this league, and especially for a team that's as offensively challenged as Miami is. Um, it, it's not going to be easy for a Bam against a team like Milwaukee. I will say this: while not Brook, not that Brook Lopez has been a target, but he's been shredded by Jimmy, and you can't say the same about Bam. He's done a great job on every buck he's defended. They've he's he and Jimmy have guarded one through five, whether that's Holiday th- through Lopez. And he's just been incredible at that. So I, at least he's giving you something on defense. And I don't think he'll have an explosiveness to do anything at the rim this series. But you kind of hope you get one series where he hits seven of ten jumpers, and you know we call mm-hmm. it a night. Well, like he did in game two or game one of the Bucks series. What was he eight of eleven in the second half? Yeah, those games. Um, yeah, so yeah. you know, one of those. We're saving for yeah. the Knicks series. That's yeah. okay too. Yeah. <laughs> Cavs and seven. Um. That's that's, that's that's another series that I don't really get. But game two, game, excuse me, game five is tomorrow, nine thirty start. Adam Silver's never seeing heaven. I don't know why that's happening, but you know, regardless, um, had to get the Lakers on TV, I guess. We will see you tomorrow for pregame, and we got hangover time after the game. Make sure to check out all the offerings at SI over at Five Reasons. I know Leif, you're doing a lot of playbacks, so if you want to hang out with Leif and the crew over there, it's a fun time. Uh, it's more personal than Nikias's playbacks. Nikias is too smart. You know, you want to let, let, hang out, hang out with the boys. I, I get much looser on those than I do on even on podcasts. <laughs> Fewer dad jokes that Steve Jones and Nikias are making. So if you want a little reprieve from that, you know, check out check out Leif's playback. And and Rohan wrote a great article uh, on SI about Jimmy's kind of night. You know, Rohan, incredible as always. I know. Do you have anything to plug? Any work you have on the way that you want people to be on the lookout for? I have something when it's the Heat's official last game, and hopefully that won't be for another couple months. In June, you mean? I got something that, yes, in June. I have something about Udonis that I'm going to go ahead and say was my favorite story that I've gotten to do in my life. It was, wow. it was a, truly the highlight of my career, so I'm excited to share that one uh, when the time comes. Be on the lookout. That's the best basketball writer in America, folks, so be on the lookout. Rohan is Truly, we say we yes, say sir. we say Jimmy's one of one. Let's, and, and Miami spoiled in so many ways. I mean, I, I've talked a lot about the fact that we've got to see Alonzo, Timmy, Dwayne, Shaq, LeBron. You know, Jimmy, all these guys. Look at Miami in, in terms of writers. We've had Dan. 
we've had Rohan, you know, we're, we're truly blessed to have these great people represent our cities. Ethan, I don't want to give Ethan credit, but Ethan was a phenomenal writer when he actually used to write. Although my <laughs> chat said last night that Ethan looked like a WWE manager with the, <laughs> with the fucking shirt and the lanyard. I was dying, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> laugh because you that's know a, it's true. That's a great way of ending this that's show. Yeah. Way. We love you guys. See you tomorrow for pregame and end hangover time for game five. Heat and Five, baby. Remember to check out our store for Heat and Five shirts and Casey Bannerman's new Jimmy Butler jersey. Don't miss out. Check on our Twitter. Those are one. Those are one of a kind. They don't go on sale again. Ask people that have missed Beautiful. out. Check at Miami Heat Beat to see that offering, and we'll see you guys tomorrow.